Not allowed. Uh-uh. It was a disaster. And I was like, but we have to make it. We, we may or may not be throwing Allie under the bus on this situation. <laughs> Hey y'all, it's LJ here, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. We are so glad you're here for another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Now, here's your host, Allie. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. We took a short break between our little seasons here. We enjoyed Halloween and we are back. It is season four, our fourth round of episodes. We are so excited. We have a lot of really fun things planned ahead. The next couple of weeks are going to be full of information. Great episodes. First up here, I'm joined with Becky and Katie. Hi, girls. How's it going? Hey, friends. I hope you all had a wonderful break and a wonderful Halloween. Did y'all trick or treat? Of course we went trick-or-treating. Yes, my girls got dressed up in their princess best and had a time around the neighborhood. (laughs) It's like my favorite holiday. Halloween's your favorite holiday. Halloween is my children's favorite holiday as well. And I have teenagers and they still trick-or-treat. I'm all for it. Like, enjoy that kid, that childhood as long as you can. Yes, I agree too. Give the kids, give the teens the candy. (laughs) I agree. Give the teens the candy. It's actually not my favorite holiday, but we had a great time. And now we're back. I'm so excited. We're doing a Magic Kingdom itinerary episode today. One of the reasons we thought this would be so perfect is because when we're working as travel agents, we constantly are asked, can you help me build my itinerary? Can you tell me what I need to do? Can you tell me where I need to be and go and see and do? And I think it's, like the number one thing people that have never been to Disney, they want, they want to know what, what should I be doing? I've never been, I don't know where I am when I walk in the park. And so I'm really excited to offer that up and we're going to talk a little bit about it. But before we do, I am so excited to announce that the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast have officially launched our Patreon. Patreon is an online subscription service where you can help us and we can help you. We are going to be providing monthly newsletters, free wallpapers, monthly tip sheets that are going to help you save money and find new experiences with your families. We're going to have great conversations between our Patreon members, our podcast show hosts, and we're really just looking to give our listeners another outlet to get to know one another, to get to know us, to have an additional resource. You know, maybe we didn't hit exactly what you needed on an episode. So you need to follow up and come ask a little bit more. Maybe you want to weigh in on something we said on an episode, whatever it is. We are so excited to to get you on over there, to meet you there and and to talk a little bit. So I'm so excited about this. Katie, tell the listeners, how do you join Patreon? Our Patreon is going to offer two tiers for you guys. One is just a thank you so much for supporting us. It does cost us to start the podcast and get it going. And so we are so, so thankful to you all as our loyal listeners. And it would just mean so much to us if you joined us over on Patreon too, because we would love to keep giving you this high quality content. I think what I'm most excited about though for our Patreon is we are offering another tier uh, at $7 a month. That is where you're going to be getting those planning guides and where you're going to be able to vote on things regarding our content. And I really feel like our Patreon supporters are going to get a lot of value out of it. I'm so excited for it. I feel like there's so many people who listen to our podcast who truly are like, I feel like I'm pulling up a seat next to the table with these moms. 
and like having conversations, this is going to be a perfect place to really have a seat around the table talking to us about these things episode after episode. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we have a lot of fun things planned. One thing I'm really excited about is we're going to be doing a Ruin My Park Day series where our Patreon members are going to get to send us to maybe a park of their choice, maybe a park of ours and just kind of ruin it for us. You know, I can already, I'm already bracing myself that I'm probably going to be riding Mission Space Orange. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm getting myself in the headspace and I'm preparing now because I've been very transparent on these episodes about what I like and dislike about Disney World. And so listeners know, if you don't know, you're going to go back and listen and you're going to find out the things that I don't like. And, And I'm already a little worried about it, but I'm also very excited and I can't wait. Like Katie, you've mentioned the voting. I want to hear what listeners want to know. I want to talk about the things listeners want to hear and Patreon's going to be your place to give that voice. So you can find the link in the show notes, bios, everywhere you're following us and finding us on social media. You're going to join that Patreon, get the value, have fun, join the community. And we're so excited. So welcome to the Patreon. Magic Kingdom itinerary. This is a tough part because it's big. It has a lot of attractions. It has a lot of shows. It has a wide range. Are you going with littles? Are you going with bigs? Do you have a mix? Do you want thrills and chills? Are you only looking for chills? It's such a range. And I think that's why a lot of people planning Magic Kingdom just close the book on the idea. And they're like, I'm too overwhelmed. I'm too confused. I don't know where to go. And when you go in with that mindset and that mentality, I mean, how many people do you know that end up missing tons of things? Like we rode two rides because we didn't know what to do. And we ran from Thunder Mountain to Space Mountain. And by the end, we were exhausted and done, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of like details to the itinerary that you're going to know better from listening to this episode and also from taking a look at that map in the My Disney Experience app and familiarizing yourself with it. Um, That definitely helps, too. I think ultimately we recognize that while what we're going to outline today is going to be a really great plan for getting you through a lot of the must do's in Magic Kingdom, no two families have exactly the same needs. And we have things that are out of our control. Like what time is my Genie Plus? What time is my individual Lightning Lane? Those kinds of things are going to be wrenches in the plan. And so recognizing being flexible is always needing to be a priority when you're in the parks. Letting spontaneity happen with your kids. Don't be so rigid that you can't let them go and chase a character that they see walking. Like, (laughs) let them be in the moment and feel that magic. But also go in knowing what are the must-dos and what things should you maybe consider we're only doing if naturally we head there and not setting out to start our rope drop on magic carpets of Aladdin, for instance. Yeah. I was going to say too, sometimes we have clients or even listeners who say, you know, is Magic Kingdom great for an adult only trip or even for teens? Some people are like, is Magic Kingdom appropriate for teens? Listen, this this itinerary is going to be great for everybody. And I truly believe Magic Kingdom is a park that anyone can enjoy, especially coming from me. I was the 18-year-old experiencing it for the first time on Main Street, and it was every bit as magical to me as a younger child. But Magic Kingdom is really the quintessential magical experience. And so I'm excited to be planning an itinerary that is going to be great for everyone across the board. And I'm going to try to save everyone's feet and not have you running around the park in a really bad order to maximize the enjoyment of your Magic Kingdom day, because I think that's the fastest way to uh, ruin your Magic Kingdom day. Actually, I think I just gave Patreon listeners an idea. They're going to make me run like we're, we're all going to be running from one park to the other and riding things in like a ridiculous order. <laughs> so 
I want to just say too, we're not going to be giving a minute by minute itinerary. I don't think that's realistic going along with what the two of you just said. So I'm excited about the way we've decided to approach this for our listeners. And if you are subscribing to our Patreon, you will get the opportunity to ask further questions about it. We're going to dive in. But before we do, I want to remind everyone to stick around to the end of the episode as we're going to be playing a speed round of our lightning lane where we are going to snap back and hear really helpful quick tips on making your magic kingdom day the very, very best it can possibly be. So talk it all out, wrap it all up with a bow there at the end of the episode. Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited. I really want to like close my eyes. And as we build this itinerary, just imagine I'm actually experiencing magic kingdom in this way and that it all just goes perfectly. Becky, you already said number one thing to remember before we even start this itinerary, things can change. And that's the number one thing about Magic Kingdom. Be going with the flow. Yesterday at Hollywood Studios, unexpectedly, the wait times were absolutely off the wall. And like, I know we're talking about Magic Kingdom today, but this can happen anywhere. And Slinky Dog Dash was on a three and a half hour wait at one point out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. So if your plan was to ride, you know, a certain ride in the afternoon, and then all of a sudden it's a three and a half hour wait, please don't just stick to your hard copy itinerary of the day, like make the necessary modifications for the maximum enjoyment. But let's start at the beginning and your Magic Kingdom day. It starts at what time? 6.55 is my opinion. (laughs) You have to make sure if you're doing Genie Plus, which is kind of a lens we are putting on our day for today, because we do think it's a good investment, especially if you're only doing a couple days in the park, you're going to get so much better use of your time if you're making that little bit extra investment in Genie Plus to get you through a lot ri- a lot of rides in quicker time. So the first thing we have to do is that virtual queue for, for Tron. So you bought Genie Plus at some point before 7am. As we're recording this, Genie Plus fluctuates in price. It is different day by day. You don't know what it's going to cost the day you want to use it until it's the day that you're going to use it. Genie Plus has evolved quite a bit. And at any given moment, that could change. But for now, that's the way it is. So you're going to spend that money because it's going to save your your time and it's going to be worth it. But it's not what you're going to use first. You're going to already have it. But then at 7 a.m., it's virtual queue up first. That's what you have to do. As we're recording this, Tron is the newest, most exciting attraction on Disney property. Although not my favorite, it is still really wonderful. We've talked about what a great addition to Magic Kingdom it is. And you're going to get the virtual queue for that because virtual queues are gone in 0.02 seconds. Not even a whole second. It's oh. intense. It's, it's you intense. You have to be on it to get those virtual queues, whether that's at 6.55 or at 12.55, whenever you can grab it before 1 p.m. You, you really have to dedicate your full focus to making sure you're grabbing it because they are literally gone instantly. And if you are anxious about getting the virtual queue and understanding how to max, because I've never missed a virtual queue personally, and there, I do believe there's a strategy to it. And if you're anxious and wanting to know what that is, we do have an awesome Genie Plus episode that breaks down not only Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes, but also virtual queues. And I think actually when we recorded that episode, the virtual queue attractions were different, but the strategy and the timeline, exactly the same. So you're going to grab that. 7 a.m. on the dot to the second, and you're going to have your boarding group. The tricky thing about planning an itinerary to a park with a virtual queue attraction is that you don't get to pick your return time. You're going to join what Disney calls a boarding group, and your boarding group is going to be called back whenever they get to you. So if you're in boarding group 56, it's going to give you an approximate return time, but it is just approximate. And you don't know what time you're going to be in Tomorrowland based on your boarding group. You can have a rough idea, 
but I wouldn't plan the entire day around it because it's just one of those things where the attraction is worth it. And if you do need to cross the park, you're going to. So for purposes of the itinerary, I'm not even going to include head to Tomorrowland to ride Tron. You're just absolutely going to do it from wherever you are, for whenever you need to, for when that virtual queue is assigned to you. 100%. I do like to watch the boarding group numbers so I can kind of get a feel if my boarding group is coming up, but I would not like plan my day on that. They used to give you estimated times whenever your callback would be, and they haven't been doing that recently because people would like bank on it and you really yeah. can't with virtual queue. I also wanted to add one tiny um, caveat to this conversation. If you miss 7 a.m. virtual queue for Tron, it's not the end of the world. You can choose one of two things, right? You can buy an individual lightning lane or you can try again at 1 p.m. Or you can do both. So at that point, if I miss the 7 a.m. virtual queue, I'm definitely buying the individual lightning lane because that's my surefire thing. And I'm going to ride that attraction. At one o'clock, when the second virtual queue opens, you're actually in a great position because anybody that was successful at joining the 7 a.m. queue cannot join the 1 p.m. queue. And so your only com competition for getting in the second queue of the day is other people that missed it that morning along with you. And so it's a little bit less competitive, still fills up very quickly, but you're just, you're, you're fighting with less people at that point. So yes, do not give up. And you have to be in the park for that 1 p.m. virtual queue. So your amount of people competing for it significantly reduces in that, in that fact. So 7 a.m., you've done that. And the next order of business, in my opinion, is going to be that individual lightning lane. With Magic Kingdom, you actually have three 7 a.m. tasks. First one, without a doubt, is getting the virtual queue. Second one is going to be the individual lightning lane. And you can buy two individual lightning lanes uh, per park, right? So... Seven Dwarves Mine Train and Tron are both individual lightning lanes. I am a fan of purchasing individual lightning lanes because I am a fan of cutting down my wait times. Like I said, yesterday, an attraction that typically is on an hour to an hour and a half wait was on a three and a half hour wait. These are just things that sometimes can't be expected. And I personally budget that money into my vacation. Now I do have a family of five and it can get steep. That's why I say I do budget it in. I I'm aware ahead of time that this is going to be a fee I'm going to pay and it's one that's worth it. I personally, yeah. And I can appreciate that it's an option to individual lightning lane. But like you were saying, I also am a family of five and I prefer to keep my budget for snacks over investments in individual lightning lanes. And for that purpose, I choose to more like rope drop approach for what we're talking about. And I think that's that's part of this conversation we're having today is that there is not one perfect way to do this. What makes sense for your family and your budget and your time allotment that you have? And it's almost Magic Kingdom and your approach to this park is almost an if-then scenario the entire way through. If you are buying individual lightning lanes, pick times because you can select the time you want. Unlike virtual queue assignments, this is different. You can pick your return time, which is great. Then you're going to be picking your first Genie Plus selection. Maybe you do that before the individual lightning lane. Uh, if you're not doing an individual lightning lane, but you're getting all three of these tasks done. And picking that first Genie Plus selection is really important. And it can really come down to, do you have thrill seekers or do you have chill seekers? And where are you going to want to head first? For purposes of our conversation today, we really kind of talked about the most popular Genie Plus selections uh, that we see go often. You know, I would say my top two picks that I know are going to fill up quickly are going to be Peter Pan and Space Mountain. And so for purposes of our conversation today, we're saying that first Genie Plus selection you're getting is going to be Space Mountain. 
why is Peter Pan? We don't know. It's the great question. Nobody knows why Peter Pan is such a high demand. It's a slower loading ride, but it really isn't a slower mo- moving ride. <laughs> like no, I don't know. It, it, and I don't know why the wait is always so long. And I don't know why it is such a fan favorite over just something like small world, you know, which is a similar slow look at the, you know, look around you type attraction, but it is. And it's always going to have a long wait. So you want to prioritize these things in your head. So I'm grabbing Space Mountain as my my first Genie Plus selection. And now it's about 7.04 p.m. or a.m. And you've already done all of this <laughs> and you've got a little bit of a game plan. Park opening is going to vary, okay? But it's important that you keep in mind for planning purposes that you're finished with Genie Plus for a little while at this point. Whatever park opening is, two hours later, that's when your next Genie Plus selection is unless... You were really lucky. And let's say you got that Space Mountain return for 9.30 a.m. As soon as you scan in, you're going to get another one. So it's when you scan or two hours after park open and then every two hours from there. So again, I know that that can sound really confusing, but we do have that great Genie Plus episode. So we're just going to go ahead and talk through this. Like you've listened to our Genie episode and you understand the strategy. 7.04, 7.05 a.m., You've got your first plans of the day, individual lightning lanes, regular Genie Plus lightning lanes, and your virtual queue. Now it's time to wake up your kiddos. I'm sure you have matching shirts. If you don't, totally fine, but we definitely would be themed for the day. And uh, we're going to get ready. We're going to get ready and we're going to have a really great day. Doesn't matter where you're staying, what happens next on property? You have to get ready to get a rope drop. And I feel people ask all the time if the park opens at this time or if it's open to early entry guests, on-site guests at this time, what time do I actually have to be at the bus stop or what time do I actually have to be at the park gates by? I will say that just recently I had talked to a cast member about it just to see what their feedback was. And they were like, if you need to be at Magic Kingdom for rope drop, meaning you are there before the park opens, even for early park entry, they're like, you should get in line for the bus by 630 a.m. I believe it. About that. I, I believe it. It's not something I've ever done. My rule of thumb is you're at transportation an hour before you want to be at the park. And to me, you know, for an on-site guest, you are getting in for rope drop 30 minutes before the posted park open time. I would plan to want to be at the park security by a minimum 15 minutes before that. Mm. And so, you know, an hour before that, so an hour and 45 minutes before the park opens, I could see myself at transportation ready to get over to the park. And I think that for any family that wants to be super serious about rope drop, and let's just explain rope drop for a moment for listeners that may not know what rope dropping is. That is the Disney World strategy where you, your your travel party gets to a park in that early entry time or before that early entry time and has access to er- certain but not all areas of the park to sort of knock out those attractions before the lines build for the day. So that is what rope drop is. And it is a very efficient strategy. If you are able to get to the park, and this is how you're going to do it, about an hour and 45 minutes before that posted wait time or an hour before you want to get there, you're going to get to your transportation, give yourself the time, waiting on a bus, waiting on a boat, waiting on the monorail, whatever it is. And you're going to be among the first to scan in and you're not going to feel stressed because you're going to have a free open park to get where you want to go. You could get two, three, maybe more attractions in depending what you pick. And that's a huge, huge burden off of your day and a great way to set yourself up for less stress and more enjoyment. 
For myself, I always am thinking about when it is my Magic Kingdom day, what can I do in my power to be staying on Disney property, especially for Magic Kingdom day? Because honestly, a monorail or a bus ride to the front gates is the easiest part of my day. If I have to park at the TTC and ride a monorail or a boat, minimum an extra half an hour needs to be built into your transportation time. So I am 100% prioritizing staying on property if Magic Kingdom is my goal. I completely agree with you 100%. And I have to say, like, being a local, we usually are driving over to the parks. We're not often staying, like, on site. And it kind of ruins my day a little bit if I have to park at the TTC. I'm just going to say it, especially with me, with my double stroller. I got three kiddos, too. Like, you're going to go find a place to park. It's going to be really far away. You have to get everybody onto the tram. The tram's going to take you to the TTC. You're going to get off the tram at the TTC. Then you're going to get on that monorail or the boat and get over to the park. And gosh, that took forever by the time we got there. I just want to reiterate for anybody that's not understanding, this is off-site guests that they're talking about. You're not doing any of what Katie just explained if you're staying on site. Exactly. That's just one of those reasons why you stay on site, you use Disney transportation to get to Magic Kingdom because you want to avoid all of that. And it's it's completely unnecessary. So get to the park and it's going to open and Fantasyland and Tomorrowland are going to be open for you at that early entry time. My strategy from here is going to be to take in the castle, that first rounded view, you can see it. Everybody's going to be waving on Main Street. It's going to be so magical. But for purposes of this conversation and knowing that we're building an itinerary with the goal of accomplishing things inside Magic Kingdom, this is not the moment where you're going to stop and absorb Main Street for too long. So by nature, I am a person that wants to go slow down Main Street. I'll spend my whole day there, but not this day, not the one we're doing today. Today, I'm just going to look at it. I'm going to wave at the cast members, going to love it as I walk down. It's going to smell really good. But I'm going to head straight, knowing that I have my lightning lane for Space Mountain over in Tomorrowland. I'm going straight, straight through the castle and into Fantasyland. And my first thing I'm doing, if I did not buy an individual lightning lane for Seven Dwarves Mine Train, if it was only in my budget to to maybe do one for the day, or if I was just saving the money at all, Seven Dwarves Mine Train is absolutely the ride you must rope drop. Later in the day the line is going to be too long. It's not going to be surprising when that line is long. It's going to be expected. So with Seven Dwarves Mine Train, it is, I believe, all of our opinion that you either have to have that individual lightning lane or you have to rope drop it. You don't want to get yourself in a position where you haven't ridden it. And the only option left for your day is to wait in a three-hour wait. So you're rope dropping Seven Dwarves Mine Train or Peter Pan if you bought the lightning lane. Do you both agree? Yes, both of those are great options. And here's the other thing I love about rope dropping these rides rather than doing a Genie Plus for this is both of those rides, Peter Pan and Seven Dwarfs Mind Train, have really cool cues, things for kids for kids to interact with along the way. And if you're rope dropping it, you get to go through those things. If you're doing Genie Plus or Lightning Lane, you're skipping those cool things that are built into the queue because you just don't have time to interact with things with that with that model. I'm so glad that you pointed that out, Becky, because I, I'm i actually kind of dying a little bit to get back in the Seven Dwarves Mind Train queue because our other um, podcast co-host friend, Stacy shared that there's these like spinny 
gem buckets gem? that they have like a secret hidden thing if you get everyone to do it and i'm like oh my gosh i want to go do it so i think i would definitely rope drop seven doors mine train and i'm the person that says i think the queue for peter pan's flight is better than the ride itself so i would <laughs> like to go through the queue on that one but uh, if it's a long wait, I'm just grabbing that that lightning lane for it. I'm not waiting any amount of time to go through. Oh, do not do not spend an hour in line for Peter Pan. No, never, never. Yeah, your strategy here is going to be that you you rope drop Fantasyland, you ride Seven Dwarves, whether it be with your individual lightning lane that you scheduled for really early, or because you rope drops, you ride that early. You ride Peter Pan while the weight is down. You know, 30 minutes or less is actually great for that. Other things that you can hit right there that you're going to have low wait times early in the morning. Small World, Winnie the Pooh, maybe Dumbo is a little bit of an extension off of Fantasyland that's over toward the circus. It might be a little out of the way for Rope Drop. Like you want to hit those headliners first, but it is over that way. Uh, The Little Mermaid, the shells. So I think that's a great place to knock out three, four attractions in that early entry time that you're rope dropping. And you have a good start on your day and you have much of Fantasyland sort of under your belt already. Do either of you consider the teacups a must-do ride in Fantasyland? <laughs> I, the older I get, I, I've never really had motion sickness personally, but the older I get, the more I'm sensitive to the teacups. And when I take my kids on them, they do like to go fast. And so I have to like catch a bubble in my cheeks and hold my breath. <laughs> Uh, to to make it work. It's not a must ride for me, but I I will ride it, of course. And it's an easy one to knock out. The wait time on that anytime is anytime. Yeah. So anytime. it's not one I would prioritize in rope drop, but I think it's over there. It's usually got a low wait time. Can I say that a lot of my strategy whenever I'm thinking about what to rope drop and then what I'm hitting in between is I'm going to rope drop something that has that long wait, like we talked about, Peter Pan's Flight or Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But a lot, a lot of the rides that are around that area on the map have weights that average five minutes. Like the teacups and Dumbo are a five minute wait right now on the map. The the journey of Little Mermaid, five minute wait. Um we mentioned small world 10 minute wait like there's a ton of things in fantasy land that you go hit that heavy hitter and then you catch a bunch of the ones that are a shorter wait so your kids are happy too right yeah and you've got a lot of attractions in your belt and as we're recording this park's been open maybe an hour a little over almost two if you account for early entry so that just goes to show you that beyond rope drop you have a really good chance that you're going to be able to still knock a lot out while you're back in that area. And this is going along with our strategy of not having to run around different parts of the park to hit different attractions. You're really going to focus on Fantasyland, focus on kind of knocking some of that out and uh, enjoying it, you know, enjoying your time back there while you're doing it. Do either of you have any like stories or anything that you're like, I have to do this in Fantasyland because... Have to do fantasy land. I mean, I have to ride Small World because I grew up riding it with my mom, and it just always makes me think of her. She used to love taking me on, and I don't know if if she just thought I really loved it or she really loved it, but I always absolutely think of her and how that was always the thing we had to hit. And so I'm like the person that's like, we're riding Small World, while everybody in my group is like, really Small World. <laughs> <laughs> I. I actually really do enjoy Fantasyland. However, Fantasyland tends to be for our family with teenagers, a time that we end up coming back to Fantasyland. We'll rope drop Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, but we're coming back later in the day, maybe after fireworks if we have extended time. 
because riding the carousel when the lights are down and the music is playing is just magical. I have the most remarkable memories with McKenna, my middle child who's 15 right now. Last year, going on the carousel with the lights turned down and just being in the moment, laughing with her, like recording her, recording us together on the carousel. Like these are rides that yes, are going to be short waits. They're great filler rides to fill in your day. But similarly, I know Katie and I both share a strong heart pull towards PhilharMagic. We, yes. we may or may not be throwing Allie under the bus on this situation. <laughs> I've already let everybody know. I've never seen Feel Our Magic. I don't even know what it's about. I feel like it's like 3D and instruments come popping out at you or something, but that's about the it is, But seeing those little, seeing those two and three and four or 40 year old dads reaching forward to try to grab those floating gems, like there's nothing like it. Like 40 year old dads are reaching forward to grab floating gems. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's way more magical than that. A little bit before that. You know something. My very first Disney trip where I just got to go that one day to Magic Kingdom, I didn't get to bring home like many souvenirs. I got one of the, it was one of the fold up magic washcloths for like a new thing that everybody was excited about. I got one for Philhar Magic. Maybe I also feel a strong pull to fill her magic because the sorcerer Mickey is my favorite Mickey. And that's where he's at in, in that. Well, at least his hat, right? His hat is a part of the storytelling in that book or in that show. And so it's not something you need to rope drop. Certainly. It's not something you even need to do while you're standing in, in fantasy land, trying to be like, where should we spend our time? Save it for the middle of the day when it's hot. Save it for the middle of the day when it's raining. It's a great place to escape, but don't skip Magic. So this is going to go into my strategy of sort of the return to Fantasyland later. That morning time that you're spending in Fantasyland, that 90 minutes or so, that's going to be Seven Dwarfs, Peter Pan's Small World, Pooh, Ariel, potentially Carousel, although I do like that at night. And so I would actually probably return to that later. Teacups, if that's your thing. And that's probably it that I would do over there, maybe Dumbo. That's probably all I would do in there in that morning chunk. And I think you can get it all done. It's important to keep in mind, though, that you're going to be watching wait times. You're also going to be watching Genie Plus return times and how those are adjusting for the day because things can surprisingly become like, whoa, now that's all the way not available until 5 p.m. We need to make sure we grab that next, you know, things like that. So you're going to just want to be mindful and know that you have to be flexible and, and things like that. But after that, there's a couple of things you need to consider. And this is that if then idea. Are you wanting Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique? Is that important to you? Because if it is, that's a morning thing. You want to do that in the morning because it costs a lot of money. You want to wear it all day. You want your little one, son, daughter, whomever's getting the experience to have the maximum amount of time to really enjoy it, to be noticed. You know, the characters make a big deal. So you're going to find time for that in that chunk if you're doing that. I also just want to say this is one of those if-then circumstances now. You got to figure out, check in on your blood sugar, have you eaten, and what is your plan for that? So you either did quick service at your resort before you came. Maybe you ate it on the bus or the boat. Maybe you mobile ordered once you got to the park and you can pick that up now that Fantasyland is over. You can grab and go and eat it while you're heading to your next attraction. Or maybe you're wanting to plan a character meal. Characters are at Crystal Palace. That's Winnie the Pooh and the gang. And Cinderella's Royal Table, that's where you're going to get the princesses all day. 
However, it is a little cheaper in the morning and it's nice to knock out those character meets early. And so I do find that a lot of people I work with like to hit that in the morning. So keep that in mind for after this sort of rope drop moment. I don't think I would necessarily eat up the rope drop time with a reservation at Bibbidi Boppity or food because that's when you can really knock out attractions. But I think it's good right after if breakfast is what you're planning. But we're going to keep moving through the park as though you know which one of those you're doing. And it's probably about time for that lightning lane. And you're heading over to Tomorrowland at this point. You get to make that beautiful walk that's making taking us from Fantasyland over past the wonderful smells of the Tomorrowland Speedway. Heading into, I hear there's a candle for that. Maybe we should we should have a link for that. Oh gosh, (laughs) I had a big oops. I had a big oops doing this in the wrong order on a trip with some friends of ours who were just Disney doubters. They they were not super thrilled about the trip, but loved and trusted me. So they're like, yes, we'll do it. We'll do it for our kids. And my one friend is just this loves the outdoors and camping, and Disney's just not it, right? So. We were late to rope drop because everybody wanted to sleep in. And then I was like, let's just hit Space Mountain very first because we'll just get it out of the way. And the weight seems decent. And we had an individual lightning lane for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And I thought, well, we'll we'll wait. We'll push it a little close, but we'll make it right at the end of our window. Mind you, already not super sold on Disney. So we wait. Something happens with Space Mountain. It broke down or got delayed somehow and the wait ended up inflated by like 45 minutes and we were waiting and I'm just like I promise it's not usually like this and by the time we got off Space Mountain we had two minutes before the end of our window for Seven Doors Mine Train so me and seven kids and like a couple adults that weren't sold on Disney are running across the park (laughs) I literally had said there will be no running we like to go chill I know how to plan this and we're Within the first, you know, hour of being there, sprinting across the park, I need my inhaler. Kids are crying. Oh, like, gosh. it was a disaster, and I was like, "But we have to make it!" And and we did. We made it for our lightning lane, but it was close. So it, this is why strategy can be important, especially if you have somebody that's like, "I don't want to run around a park. I don't want." This is why strategy is important, and I messed it up. So now you're going to leisurely walk to your Space Mountain Lightning Lane and you're not going to be running anywhere. You're not going to be using an inhaler. You're going to ride Space Mountain. And as soon as you tap in, you're getting that next Lightning Lane. Can I say too, now that we're heading over to Tomorrowland, I like a lot of people have just that like Disney feel, that Disney vibe in Fantasyland. And I love Fantasyland. But I feel like Tomorrowland has its own like its own feel to it that makes me feel like I'm so glad I'm here and even just the people announcing like there's nothing like today in Tomorrowland like that that makes me feel happy I don't <laughs> there's so much that I enjoy about just hanging out in Tomorrowland Katie, we all know you're just like drooling sitting out in front of Carousel Progress drooling <laughs> I'm so glad I'm here <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like a beacon calling you like a like Katie, Katie have arrived yes if you ever see me in Tomorrowland I'm just like basking in a glow you can see it coming off of me there's <laughs> there's ethereal light (laughs) so i don't know that i'm grabbing a a genie plus at this point i would be looking at what the return times are are showing for different attractions i know we want to hit i don't know that i'm prioritizing grabbing a lightning lane for something in tomorrowland even though i'm here let's talk about that real quick yeah i think the next thing i'm doing personally is stacking lightning lanes for later 
probably over in Adventureland and Frontierland. I'm probably either grabbing Jungle Cruise or Big Thunder Mountain. And I'm going to do it based on when the return times are, you know, and, and which one looks more popular for that particular day. Because typically the attractions and wait times in Tomorrowland are pretty manageable outside yeah. of Tron and Space Mountain. So I, I don't think that that's what my strategy is going to be. I, I think it's it's wise to start stacking toward the other lands. I agree with you on that. I agree. I think that there are, I think there's some other good rides that are those filler rides in Tomorrowland. Obviously, the two heavy hitters in Tomorrowland are Tron and Space Mountain. But I personally am like drawn to People Mover. That line is pretty much flowing all day. And as long as it's not raining or lightning, then it's a pretty consistent load. Even if the the line looks long, it moves really pretty quick. I also think another great place in Tomorrowland is if you have littles and they want to do like feel connected to Buzz Lightyear, that rides over there and usually a pretty short wait. Or spending some time and going into the laugh floor is a really good use of family. The laugh floor is so underrated. We've talked about it here on the show before. My wife loves it. My kids think it's hilarious. My niece was picked as like the jokester, whatever they call the, you know. That guy. guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so fun. I, I think don't sleep on that one. And the Speedway is just iconic, I guess. Is it super thrilling? No, but are your kids going to love it? For sure. For sure. So you kind of have an opportunity in Tomorrowland to ride some of these really cool, really fun things your kids are going to connect to, but you're really not going to waste too much time on weights and you can knock it out in a couple, you know, an hour or two, you know, you're kind of exploring Tomorrowland and and I think you can get it all done. But the ones that are going to be hard, difficult are going to be Space Mountain and Tron, but you're going to have planned for the virtual queue and the lightning lane and and you're not going to have to wait. And I have to be honest, if I'm thinking about strategy, of course, I'm going to look at the Genie Plus tip board, but the lightning lane I'm probably going for next is Big Thunder Mountain. And it's going to be for two reasons. I'll let either of you say what you want to say about this time you're spending in Tomorrowland. And then I want to tell you why I think I'm heading for uh, Big Thunder from here. So if I'm looking at, we just spent the morning in Fantasyland. Now we've made our way over to Tomorrowland. I'm looking at the wait times right now again. So we have the Tomorrowland Speedway is 20 minutes, Astro Orbiters, 20 minutes, Carousel of Progress. And the- We're not riding Astro Orbiters. Keep going. Oh, my not kids allowed. Like not it. allowed. Uh-uh. Listen, whenever the kids are still little, it's okay. But whenever they're older, yeah, that's a little bit awkward. Okay. But mine are still <laughs> little, little. <laughs> But um, Carousel of Progress and the People Mover are each five minutes. Monsters Laugh Floor, or excuse me, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is 10 minutes. And then Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin is 30 minutes. So there's a lot of attractions that you can crank out there in no time. And that's why I love it as an adult for the feels. My kids love Tomorrowland because they don't feel like they're waiting for anything terribly long. Yeah, you can really knock it out in a really pretty quick amount of time. And it's great. And the reason I think I'm prioritizing Thunder Mountain next is because at this point, we've been in the park for a few hours and we might be getting close to afternoon. And what happens at one o'clock every day? Oh, no. Wait, what did you say, Becky? The parade. The parade. And what is your favorite place to watch the parade because mine i do love watching the parade from main street of course it's so special to see it with that backdrop and see all the colors and their elements on main street and the castle and all of that but honestly the parade is the parade no matter where you watch it and the real best place to watch the parade frontierland i couldn't agree more i think frontierland 
is beautiful and you get so close and such better like one-on-one character interactions over there yeah so from tomorrowland i'm heading over to frontierland because it's going to be one o'clock i'm i'm grabbing a snack my kids are getting what they want popcorn in a bucket or mickey bars whatever it is that we want for our snack we're grabbing it we're getting a good spot in frontierland which isn't that hard to obtain there's shade over there Really, really spectacular. And it's where the parade starts. The parade route starts over by where Tiana's Bayou is going to be. And so it's just a really, really special place to watch it. And it's way underrated. So you're going to watch the parade there and then turn around and you're ready for your lightning lane at Thunder Mountain because you planned it so well. Now you're over in Frontierland. So you've crossed the park. And right after I tap in, I'm grabbing Haunted Mansion, which I'm hoping these times line up. But Haunted Mansion is going to be right toward the exit of the of uh, Big Thunder. You're going to walk right around the corner. There it is. And now you've knocked off two really heavy hitters and you've strategized your lightning lanes well. And you've gotten yourself to midday and a lot of the park is checked off. After I scan in at Haunted Mansion, I'm going to start stacking my Adventureland return times, which is going to be up in the front of the park. But it's not where I'm wanting to head next. Midday, I'm tired, I'm hot, we've ridden a lot, and my kids are melting down. So straight from Haunted Mansion, I'm crossing that bridge, I'm not walking too far, and I'm heading back to Main Street. And this is now where I'm going to take that break, take in Main Street, hopefully catch the castle show, enjoy the hub grass, and shop. This is when that happens in my day. I think if you're trying to make it from rope drop to fireworks or even to park closure, you have to build in time to decompress and allow yourself and your children time to put something in their belly, something to to de-stimulate. Like Hubgrass is the perfect place to do that. As well as just open spaces, there's benches all around that hub. The hub is such a great place to just chill. Yeah, it's really the way we built this strategy so far, you will have been able to see and experience and do quite a bit. And I do believe that on any most given days, this is doable and you've earned this downtime and there is time in your day to have it. And you don't feel like you have to be this park warrior that runs from point A to B all the time. You did just make quite a hike from Tomorrowland to Frontierland, but then you sort of camped out and had a parade and a couple attractions. And now you've made your way back to center of the park and you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to get one of those zoom out shots by the castle. And you're going to do some memory maker photos uh, because you probably plowed straight past all of the photographers on your way into the park because you were rope dropping. So now you're going to get used out of that memory maker. You're going to take those photos. You're going to get those souvenirs. It's going to be wonderful. It's probably going to be your favorite part of the day, honestly. And I bet we are literally probably only at like 10 to 12,000 steps at this point because we're minimizing the number of steps we're taking with this strategy. Yeah. I like it. I was going to say too, like, I like to plan a mealtime usually around there for my midday break because I want to break in the air conditioning at that time. Um, and usually it's a good way for me to make sure my kids are taking a pause and filling up their belly. So we love to grab like Crystal Palace or be our guest or something for that like early afternoon-ish, late afternoon-ish time, like around three or four or so. That's usually when we like to grab that. You know what I would as well, if you want a sit down moment, Join the walk-up list at Skipper Canteen because we're heading to front or Adventureland next. And that's where Skipper Canteen is. And it's actually a, a pretty easy walk-up list to join. You can usually get in and the food is so good. It's such a hidden gem at Magic Kingdom. I love it. And if you didn't do a sit-down meal for breakfast and you're not prioritizing character dining, it probably is time to have a real meal. And so I would join the walk-up list at Skipper at that point 
or have a reservation, you know, if you thought in advance, but I'd, I'd place myself there at Adventureland and, and ready to knock out that part of the park. Yeah, I feel like that's a really, um, a really smart way to do it. So if you're going to be doing Adventureland next, what is your first thing you're doing in Adventureland after your midday break? So I'm probably checking out the wait times and the Genie Plus return times. Obviously, I picked either Jungle Cruise or Pirates as my first selection based on how they're filling up for the day. So when I get into Adventureland, I'm going to probably ride the magic carpets because it's not going to take me very long. And I actually do really like the magic carpets. I like, I like how they kind of like move in a wave motion and really feel like you're on a car. I, I like them. My kids like them. I like that the camel can spit on you if you were flying at the right level. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And at this point, you've had your break. So maybe you're a fun mom and you're going to let your kids run run in the treehouse. I'm, I don't even think my kids know the treehouse exists. I <laughs> I have not put them in there because I know I have to climb all the steps, but at some point I'm going to let them. I guess you do that at that point, but you're going to hit your return time for either Jungle Cruise or Pirates. Then you're going to book the other one immediately following that. And and again, this is hoping it all lines up and, and typically it will. And you're knocking out Adventureland and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so great. And you'll already have done most of the back of the park. You're going to be feeling accomplished, rested, fed, and you're ready to set up for the second half of this day. I think if I was prioritizing between those two jungle cruise or pirates and I was only going to grab one of those genie plus in that land, I would prioritize jungle cruise because the line at pirates moves so quickly. They load that those boats so fast that even if it's a half an hour wait, you're going to be walking the bulk of that time. And it's fun for kids to get to see the cannonballs and the all of the different pirate things along that walk. And it's one of the very doable non-Genie Plus ride lines, in my opinion. I agree. So you've knocked that out. And at this point, you're free. You know, you've used Genie Plus on the heavy hitters. You've rope dropped and you've seen every land and you've rested and you've shopped. And now it's your time to revisit. Where else do you want to go? What do you want? What did you maybe skip? Is this when you go meet characters? Is this when you stop and meet Mickey Mouse? Is this when you get in line at the fairy tale hall and meet your princesses if you didn't meet them at breakfast or lunch or in Cinderella's royal table? This is where you may make your way to the circus and ride Dumbo. And you're really going to look at the Genie Plus return times and what's still available and how can we fill this time? And you've given yourself the freedom to have that relaxed fun. I think another great thing to do at this point is maybe hop on the train and take a a loop around all of Magic Kingdom. And um, yeah, maybe that's how you're going to get back to the circus because it's pretty far away and you've had a long day at this point. The train has a stop at the circus. And so maybe you're going to take it around the park. That's how you're going to get back to Dumbo to ride it and sort of just see the things that are back there. Everybody knows I think it's kind of a dead area, but Dumbo's there. So you're probably going to want to go at least once and then maybe hop the train back to main street. And now it's time for firework prep. Yeah. What does firework prep look like for your family? So I know a lot of families with young kiddos like mine are usually a little hesitant about the fireworks because first of all, you have to prep your own kids because maybe they're afraid of the fireworks back home on the 4th of July. Maybe it's loud and intimidating to them. And I always reassure my clients like, The Happily Ever After show at Magic Kingdom is nothing compared to your 4th of July fireworks at home at all. They have the projections on the castle and there's the music that's playing all throughout the park. Like it is not your regular fireworks show. So even my kiddos that are a little hesitant for the 4th of July fireworks back home, they are 
all out loving the, the happily ever after fireworks at Magic Kingdom. So part of it is preparing your kids. I would say the other part of it is preparing yourself, finding what spot you want to go uh, stand in for the fireworks and maybe figuring out a strategy that how do I put my stroller here so that my kids can see and maybe I don't want to put myself in a spot where other people can just stand right in front of my kids. I'll be honest. That's my biggest pet peeve about watching the fireworks anywhere is I've been standing in a spot for 30, 45 minutes containing my children who are rambunctious for all that time. And then like adults will come stand straight in front of my toddler. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Lately, you can see online that the princesses have been making pop-up surprise appearances behind the castle. Being that those are not guaranteed, I still recommend that you watch the fireworks from the front of the castle because of the things you mentioned, Katie, there's just too much of the show that's going on that is really, really spectacular and so unique. And if it's uh, certainly if it's the only time you plan to see Happily Ever After or if it's the first time you've ever seen it, you're going to want to be up front. So what that looks like for my family is we pick a spot usually close to the castle, usually by the wall, honestly, usually by the statue right in front of the castle. We try to like park ourselves where we can sit on that ledge. So you're like in the center of the hub. We do. Yeah. There's that Walt and Mickey statue and uh, we sit there and we, we park out kind of early. My wife will stay there and then we're going to mobile. We mobile order dinner, either Casey's corner right there on main street or Pecosville. Casey's is usually a little easier for walking with all the food and just what the food is and what you're eating. We do love Pecos Bill, but typically it's going to be Casey's based on the ease. And we sit down and my family just chills right there and we enjoy a mobile order dinner. Honestly, 60 to 90 minutes after a really long day goes really fast and, and we kind of plan for it. And if there's a short wait on an attraction that's not hard to get to, Zan will stay put and sort of just save our spot. And I will take the kids somewhere. But a lot of times we are all super content to just stay right there. And we're ready for the show. We have great spot for the fireworks every single time we go. Our family is very similar. And actually, I would dare say in Magic Kingdom, this time leading up to the fireworks might be my very favorite time in the park of the day because it's talking about everything that happened that day with your kids. It's having a snack. It's playing heads up while you're all sitting there. Like there's a Disney edition that's only available when you're in the parks. It's, I didn't know that. Yes, it's amazing. Awesome. And our kids love it. And honestly, while we're playing, it's usually the five of us playing with our, we also do mobile order, go and grab some food to kind of fill our bellies while we're sitting there. But people around us usually end up joining in and playing heads up with us. And it's such just that magical moment where the lines aren't so defined and this is our family. It's like, we are all communally here to watch something magic. And it's just like, we can feel the magic in the air building up as you're hearing the music. They're starting to give announcements about 15 minutes and 10 minutes. And it's just the buildup to know tears are going to be streaming soon. <laughs> All of the all of the daily stresses are gone and it's just living in the magic of what Walt Disney World is. I love that you said that, Becky, about like playing heads up and including other people that are like perfect strangers to you guys, because where else on planet Earth are you doing that? Are you doing that as you like ride the train in the subway? Are you doing that in any other theme park? Like, no, you're doing that 
at Disney because everyone feels so connected at Disney. I don't know what it is. Like my girls, what I love is I'll be honest, I don't usually buy the bubble blowers. Like I've bought them a couple times, but we're not buying a new one every time we go to the parks. And I consider that like a pixie dust moment whenever another kid is just playing with their bubbles and including my girls in on it. Like there are a lot of times that we're hanging out and waiting for the fireworks and other kids are using their bubble blowers and my girls are just enjoying it and they think it's great. And that is that's another connecting factor that we have. But there's a lot of time that I feel like I can start up a conversation with like the other parents nearby and say, you know, is this your first time seeing the fireworks? Like, what did you guys enjoy today? There is this this sense of community at Disney that is just not it's not happening anywhere else. I'm someone who is really guarded with my kids. I'm probably a little more paranoid with than most people whenever it comes to protecting my kids. And I really feel at Disney, I can let that guard down and my kids are going to have a great time and we're all going to be safe. Yeah. And for all of these reasons, like we've talked about your Genie Plus strategy, your how are you going to approach the lands and in what order? How are you going to ride and see everything? And those moments are going to be great. But the best moments are going to be the moments between those planned moments. And for that reason, for any smart moms, travel agent listening today, the hidden Mickey will just be Main Street. Main Street is where the most magic happens. And you want to make sure you're planning time for those unknowns, time for the things you didn't expect. And so Main Street is the hidden Mickey. And that's it. That's your day. The cool thing is that Happily Ever After doesn't always play right at the park close. Like right now, I think it's playing two hours before park closes. And it changes based on time of year, based on when it's getting dark and what the clock is and you know all of that. Don't rush out. Do not rush out after fireworks. You're going to be met with a mass sea of people. Anybody that has any sort of crowd anxiety is not going to love that. You know, you have thousands of people trying to exit the park at the same time when the park isn't always closed. This is a good time to run and re-ride something, to enjoy the views, to get solo shots in front of the castle, to just enjoy things, rethink about your day, reminisce about what was great. And revisit, honestly, is is a great way to think about that. So I think with all of that in mind and properly using Genie Plus by strategically watching the wait times and knowing where you want to be in the park, by utilizing rope drop, by taking the time to rest, you're really going to have a great day. You really are. It's one of the most magical places on earth for a reason. Like, Yeah. Yeah. It's all there. So don't get hung up. I mean, hopefully this itinerary, I mean, it definitely will help guide your your choices, but don't be afraid of wavering or allowing spontaneity. Don't be afraid to let magic occur without it being planned. We want to know what you think of this itinerary. Did we get it right? Is this the order you approach the park? What would you do differently? Certainly, if you're joining our Patreon, get on in there and let us know. I love to know when I'm wrong. Please tell me why I'm wrong and maybe I'll try the park your way. But for today, I feel like we're right. So let us know what we get right. Tell us in the comments and uh, let's debate it. Let's or let's experience it in each other's ways and see what what truly is best. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit the lightning lane. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I know you're ready to get back to the podcast, but I've got something very simple for you to do. Join my Facebook group, Disney Planning Made Simple. I'm Stacy, one of your podcast hosts, and I have a sweet, friendly Facebook group made for those of us who thrive in the simple pleasures of life. Things like family, food, and Disney. Join at facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Made Simple or follow with the link in the show notes. We'll be so happy to see you there. 
Hey there, friends. I'm Katie Boone, one of your podcast co-hosts. I'd love to invite you to join my Facebook Disney planning community called Planning Disney with Babies, Toddlers, and Preschoolers. In my group, I love discussing all the aspects of planning your magical vacation with little ones. Find my community at facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. When you join, don't forget to tell me you heard about my group on the podcast. See you there. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I want to remind you all that are listening that you are able to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you're not already liked and subscribed, what are you doing? Get in there, subscribe, let the show enter your phone, download automatically every Tuesday. And also leave us that five-star review. One of our listeners, Misty, said, I love this podcast. I answer all the questions as they are talking, as if they're talking directly to me. It's funny. Thank you informational and easy to listen to. Plus, who doesn't like hidden gems on how to navigate each park? I'll look forward to this every week. And Misty, we look forward to bringing it to you every week and leaving reviews like this one allow us to keep doing that. So we're grateful for you and everybody else that's going to leave us a review. Maybe you'll hear it read here on an episode. Are y'all ready for the lightning lane as it pertains to Magic Kingdom itineraries? Let's go. I love the lightning lane. Let's go. All right, then, lover of Lightning Lane, tell me, what's the best pay- place to catch the parade? Obviously, Frontierland. I actually prefer to find those little rocking chairs along the very beginning of that route to watch the parade, let the kids be up along the line. But I'm picking a, a rocking chair in Frontierland. Love it. I would actually say there's a spot right in front of the Hall of Presidents in Liberty Square, where it's a really good spot to catch the parade too. There's no bad place to catch the parade. It's all really great. But I like that spot because you get to sort of enjoy them coming towards you a little bit longer. So I'm going to say there. Yeah, those are good answers. We always watch it on the bridge that sort of connects from Frontierland over to Liberty Square. There's that bridge. We always watch it there by the popcorn cart. Yeah. Tell me, best place to watch Happily Ever After, quickly. Katie. In the hub, um, at like three o'clock. If the if the hub is a clock face, I'm at three o'clock. I am I am looking for the tape on the ground. I'm going on Main Street and I am putting my family at the very front of that tape that's gonna block off a walkway. I'm actually on Main Street for my family. I like to see the projections down Main Street. Yeah. Uh, I already said where I was, but honestly, we didn't mention this. Ideally, I actually have a dessert party and I'm, I've got reserved space in the hub grass and then I'm having wine and champagne and desserts right following the show. Uh, be sure to ask your smart mom's agent about that because it is a great option. Uh, Katie, best quick service restaurant. Uh, I really like Pecos Bill best. I love those chicken nachos. Yeah. Delicious. My favorite as well. Becky, best sit down. Ooh. I would say my go-to and what my teenagers request on a regular basis is to go back to Skipper Canteen. But I also really, really love Crystal Palace. I Meeting Pooh, like it's such a great experience. Yeah, Skipper Canteen is the right answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> to capture a fun family photo in Magic Kingdom, Katie. I really like to get the picture with Mickey. <laughs> I want to go get a photo with Mickey on Main Street. That's what I want. You're doing that when you're spending that Main Street time in the afternoon. Becky, yep. what about you? I would choose one of two places. I love the walls of Disney. And so getting a picture over by the purple wall and you can actually turn around and there's a beautiful shot of the castle right over there. That's kind of over where you're going to go watch your firework show dessert party and a really great place. Our family loves getting pictures over there. Or I'm going to go back and take pictures by the lanterns 
that's exactly what i was thinking or just the castle itself of course carousel great background uh which land are you spending most of your time in our family ends up spending most of our time in Adventureland. there's something about pirates there's something just about being in that feel for us i don't even know that it's about the rides it's about getting dole whips it's about just being in Adventureland. we uh the right answer here by the way is fantasy land but, <laughs> but my family actually spends most of our time on Main Street. That's just where we are. We love it. Even my kids love it. Best place to take the midday break. Oh, midday break has to be the hub grass. The only exception to that is if it's raining or it's extremely hot, then I'm going to head back to the circus of all places, get myself under the tent that's by the train station exit. There are plugins for your phones to recharge your phones back there. There's a place to refill your water bottles. It's, it's a great place to go chill. Love it. Yeah. Hubgrass is the most obvious answer, right? Yeah. Probably hanging out at a playground, honestly. <laughs> I want my kids to keep burning off the energy while I can sit. If I'm hang- hanging out somewhere, it's probably the Dumbo playground. Yeah, double playground's a good answer. All right. And character meet and greet. Which one is worth the wait? I feel like you almost have to say Mickey, right? But I, if I really had to choose my kid's favorite meet and greet, it's probably Ariel in her grotto over by her ride. Yeah, I, we typically meet Mickey at a meal. That's something we prioritize. And so I would have to go with Ariel in her grotto as well. I think it's the most unique and special to Magic Kingdom and absolutely worth the wait. You're probably going to knock that out. Maybe even a lightning lane after you ride her ride. Just kind of depends on what the lightning lanes are looking like the day you're there and when you're hitting Ariel's ride. But it's worth it. I personally like the circus area for this as well. Like The circus area is not where my heart goes, but... Daisy is my girl and you can meet Daisy back there. You can meet those classic characters back there and they're in their circus outfits. It's unique. You get to meet two of them for one line. And I think that's a, a good use of time. Yeah. Can I ask you each something here as part of the lightning lane? Yeah. You as an adult, who is your favorite character to meet? Merida. Mm-hmm. That's that's easy. <laughs> so hard for me. I mean, I like meeting dancer daisy at topolino's because i have a dance background in a dance studio and i think she's just my favorite it's a good question what about you i think we all know that i wish that there was a pinocchio meet and greet and i would literally cry if that opportunity ever came to me um but i'd say if i could just go meet whatever character i want right now it's probably it's probably mirabelle the new mirabelle meet and greet mirabelle really she sings my heart song (laughs) i have to change my answer it's kylo ren <laughs> All right, that was great. Once again, if you didn't think it was great and you think we were way off here on the itinerary, let us know. Put it in the comments. Join the Patreon. We can't wait to see you there. Uh, whether this is your first time tuning in or you are a loyal listener, we just want to start this season by saying thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. You have allowed us to get this far. We've produced so many episodes at this point, and it's all because of you. You're here. So bring your friends along. Do your friends know you're listening? Be sure to be sharing this podcast so that more people come on board and are listening and joining and subscribing because the more of you that do, the more we get to keep going. You, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe 
subscribe if you haven't already and reach out to find your happily ever after by hitting the subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you're listening. Be sure you are following us on all social media platforms at Smart Moms Plan Disney Podcast. And of course, if you are planning a vacation to any Orlando destination, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, whatever it is, and you don't already have a Smart Moms travel agent to work with, please fill out our form. Grab it, the link in our bio, show notes, wherever you can find it. It's there. You'll get connected with a podcast host and we can't wait to help you for free. It means so much to us that you're here. So thank you again for listening. Until next time, we'll see you real soon. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, check out our episode called The Right Way to Do Magic Kingdom. We think you'd really enjoy listening to the happiest episode of them all as well. Be sure to have a listen back. Check them out. Let us know what you think.